Welcome to your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast with Deanna Hobbs, founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, broadcasting live from our headquarters studios in Buffalo, New York. Visit us online at empoweringeverydaywomen.org. So today's inspiration is to confirm for you that God is intervening in your situation. Even in the hardest times and on the darkest nights, His power is at work. Friend, he is securing the best outcomes for you and reversing what the enemy intended for evil and working it out for our good. Welcome to this, your Tuesday, February 29th, 2022 edition of your Daily Cup of Inspiration. (laughs) I had to fix that because I said this was February, February, you know what, 29th. It's only 28 days. Today is actually March 1st, 2022. But anyway, it's Deanna Hobbs bringing you the biggest smiles. (laughs) Oh, pray for me. And the warmest greetings ever. I'm here doing my best. I'm here. Come on in here. Sat yourself down. (laughs) We have gathered together again today for another cup of inspiration. And y'all, this is two days in a row and you can't tell me nothing. We in here, saints. This might as well be 75 days in a row because I went from no days in 2022 to podcasting for two consecutive days and I'm happy about it. Look, I got to celebrate the little things, the little bit of progress I am making. And I, I hope you do that too. I know somebody's thinking, that this is nothing. If you don't go sit yourself down somewhere and hush. (laughs) But for me, it's everything. God is helping me to overcome in many, many ways. I'm just glad to be in the service. Come on, old school listeners, what we say one more time. I know I got at least a few folks who grew up in the holiness church. Stop playing. We used to testify in church when I grew up. A lot of churches don't do that no more, right? We, we done got too sophisticated, but we used to have testimony service. And anybody else um, that I know that grew up Pentecostal in my circle was having testimony service too. And we would sing songs like, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. You know that one? Or victory is mine, victory is mine, victory today is mine. And them was the good old days. I still love those songs. And my testimony when I was young, it will always kind of go like this. I give honor to God, who's the head of my life, to the pastor, first lady, and all the saints and friends. (laughs) And then it went in. I thank God for being saved, sanctified, and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost in testimony. Sit down every single time. I think that memory is really, really strong. It survived my 2019 brain damage. But on a serious note, um, I'm grateful to be here another day. You're going to hear me say grateful a lot, probably because there aren't a whole lot of words that survived in my brain for being appreciative. So maybe I'll get a thesaurus. But for now, I'm just grateful. Um, If you listened to the broadcast yesterday, man, thank you. If you didn't, That's okay, too. You can press pause on this one and catch up on yesterday's if you want or not. Just keep on listening. But yesterday we talked about how I'm just not exerting all that effort to mimic old Deanna. She was so polished 
and I'm embracing new Deanna, who is a lot less so, you know? So if I stumble over words, so be it. Sometimes I lose my train of thought. I ramble and go off on tangents sometimes. But hey, this is me. I'm being true in 2022. No, I, I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it does. So it's just too exhausting to try and be old Deanna, right? Trying to keep my words straight and being perfect is, is, is too hard. Um, I remember I was telling you yesterday that I struggle with some words and I couldn't think of any more than I think like one or two. But another word that's hard for me, I, I'll spell it for you and, and then try to say it. And this will be, I guess, kind of like my word of the day. So I'm working on it, but it is difficult. So here it is. I'm going to spell it L-I-B-R-A-R-Y. You got it? <laughs> this feels like Sesame Street. Sunny days, L-I-B. Okay, let me stop. So here's the word. I spelled it. Here it is. Um, library. No, let me try it again. Library. Oh, I'll try it one more time. Library. Nah. See? <laughs> the struggle. So we're going to go to the library to get pine cones. If you listened yesterday, you know what I'm trying to say. That, that's, that's the struggle. But I'm so happy that you have given me space to open myself up and kind of lay my struggles bare. Y'all had me reading comments on the internet yesterday, and I was just like crying. You were so sweet. And after yesterday's podcast was finished and uploaded, a really kind woman left a comment beneath the video version of the podcast at youtube.com forward slash Deanna Hobbs. Now, I think this was the first comment that I saw and it hit me right in the heart. Her name is Lindsay and she wrote this. This was my first time listening. YouTube algorithm recommended this video. I'm a doctor. And often there is the struggle I see between patients having faith in God and also an understanding of the limits of the human body. Seeing how you trust God and also accept that your body, your your body suffered damage is encouraging. Okay, I messed that up. Dr. Lindsay also um, said that often doctors in hospitals and medical centers are seen as the quote unquote enemy and people feel like quote unquote, only complete healing is from God. Then she said to me, thank you for sharing your journey and displaying that God is still faithful despite not having 100% healing and in parentheses right now. And she said the intersection of health and faith is difficult to navigate and I'll, I'm keeping you lifted in prayer. Oh, glory to God. I started crying when I read that comment, but I started crying when I read a lot of comments yesterday and and what she had to say it blessed me and it helped put in context the purpose for my pain because it's helping others so thank you Dr. Lindsay for this and I think this is a good place for a praise break a praise break can we get one and inspiring testimonies like this remind us that God is transforming lives through this ministry. We are grateful for your support that keeps these broadcasts available online as a free resource to help others grow in their faith. 
If you are being blessed and you believe in our mission to share the gospel, sow a seed of any size at empoweringeverydaywomen.org slash donate. Thank you for your generosity. Okay, I am just overwhelmed with God's goodness today, but we, we got to get into this devotion. But first, a prayer. God, thank you um, for gathering us together to hear from you. Thank you for reminding this person that I believe you sent to press play that our pain and suffering and sorrow carries eternal weight and it brings your name glory. So please speak to us today and we will hear and receive from you in Jesus name. Amen. I need some water, saints. Hold on. My mouth is dry. I think I'm still, <laughs> I think I'm still a little nervous. So I had therapy yesterday afternoon, Daily Cup family, and I was telling my therapist, her name is Jen, by the way. I'll refer to her, and I, I don't say her name. I don't know why, but her name is Jen. And I told Jen that I shared on my podcast about me having trouble, um, and how it made me feel. And I was just like, Jen, I literally felt so nervous. I was shaking on the inside. And then when I got on the mic in the studio and, and I just started confessing that my brain trauma and speech limitations causes my brain and my mouth to fire off bad words, it, it was hard. I call those bad words cusses. Now, the Hobbs kids told me that cusses is not a thing, but I don't know. My mind just makes up words for things and it sounds right. But I, I told Jen that you guys were so encouraging to me because I was ashamed about those struggles. And I told you yesterday where I come from, you don't say cusses. Like, not if you're filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. But everybody wasn't raised like me. I get that, too. There are some Christians who cuss. I just didn't do it. And so I am in cognitive behavioral therapy to help me function day to day. But y'all, Jen has been such a blessing. Like, we talk about the practical stuff and the spiritual stuff. Like, um, yesterday in therapy, she she was asking me, how's your prayer life? How, how's Bible study going? And so we just blend faith and therapy together because my faith in Jesus is a huge part of me. Like, I don't play about that. Y'all know I love me some Jesus. And one thing Deanna Hobbs is going to do, both old Deanna and new Deanna, is talk about the Lord all day, every day. And so in, in the spirit of transparency, uh, another thing I haven't spoken about publicly before now is my need for medication to help regulate me. Cool, buddy. Here we go. Confessing again. I think I need to take some more water. Hold on. All right. Okay. So I take I take Prozac, y'all. I'm I'm on an antidepressant. Um, we keeping it all the way a hundred. No, I, I I'm not gonna hide it. I'm telling it. <laughs> you hear me talking to myself. <laughs> I'm in here fighting with myself. No, I'm telling it. Um, I'm about to sock the devil in the mouth today because he's been trying to wear me out with shame and I'm tired. I am tired. No more. And so, um, after that damage to my brain, my moods went haywire. I was depressed, anxious, couldn't go outside. My mental clarity had suffered. Uh, I would spaz out and then not remember doing it. It was serious. My husband, Kenya, told me this one time I lost it and I was yelling 
And he said, I went back to normal like nothing had happened. And the bugged out part about it is I I didn't remember any of it. Still don't. It was scary stuff. And so one time, and this was maybe like eight or nine months ago now, I don't remember exactly, but I was in a mental health spiral. I can't recall what triggered me, but my therapist calls this kind of spiral a crisis. I was so gone. I was banging my head against the wall, pulling my hair, crying, freaking out. I ran in the bathroom and I thought I had locked the bathroom door. I did, but I locked the bathroom door. I locked myself in. But, and Kenya was trying to get in and the door just kind of opened. And I think God sabotaged that because for some reason the the door opened, it, it didn't lock. And I'm glad it didn't because I didn't need to be in there alone. Kenya came in there and he, he was trying to calm me down. And, and I, I maintain God unlocked that door. Like nobody can convince me otherwise. And hey, that'll preach. I could pause on that. Has God ever unlocked the door in your life in order to help you, to bless you, to lift you up, to be your personal refuge in the time of trouble? He unlocked it. God intervened in that. I mean it. Glory to his name. And I'm going to get back to my personal story in a minute because I want to tell you some stuff. But first, um, God is leading me to put my story in the context of Exodus 14 and 23 through 25. Um, in the New International Version. Let me just real quick read these couple of verses. So the Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. This is when the Israelites were escaping Egyptian slavery under the leadership of Moses um, by the Red Sea, just to give you some context. So, okay, so scriptures, uh, scripture goes on to say, During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. Oh, my goodness. I love this. Look at God intervening in the battle. Um, And the Egyptians said, let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Isn't that awesome, y'all? Like, We know the Egyptians drowned in the Red Sea and Israel went across on dry land, but I don't remember ever reading that God jammed the wheels of the Egyptians' chariots and he made it hard for them to drive so they couldn't catch Israel. There's a lot of things, though, I I still don't remember about scripture. Like when I first came home, uh, my husband and children, they had to reteach me the story of Mary and Joseph. There's so much in the Bible that's still new to me. So I don't know if I actually didn't know this story before or if I just don't remember it now, but it doesn't matter. I know now. And it just encouraged me to know that beyond just parting the Red Sea, God intervened in Israel's circumstances in other smaller ways that some might look at as less significant, but they made a major impact. And I I just guess I think sometimes We look for the big stuff, you know, the big divine grand gestures and displays of God's power. And we all talk about the Red Sea. But when's the last time we preached a whole sermon about God jamming the wheels on the chariots? I mean, he works in both small and big ways. He's working for you, too. And so this passage shows us that The Egyptians even knew that God was on Israel's side fighting for them. They knew there was a divine sabotage at work. And just like God jammed the wheels on the Egyptian chariots, 
God will jam the enemy up to keep him from destroying you and me. And I can't be the only one today who can say, I should have lost my mind. I know somebody else can say that. I should be dead and gone. I should have thrown in the towel, but God intervened. Like Psalm 124 and 2 says, had it not been the Lord who was on our side, my, my, where would we be today? So back to this day when I was having this full-on meltdown, one of the things that is in my crisis plan that my therapist gave me is keeping a bottle of water in the freezer at all times because if I'm ever like in the middle of a crisis and, excuse me, and in that heightened state and can't get back to myself, she taught me that having somebody to put something cold on my neck, it does something called grounding me. Jen calls it a grounding technique. I I wish I could explain it better, but I'm not an expert. I'm just a patient. But Kenya went flying downstairs on this day when I was just losing it. And he got that frozen bottle of water. Now, he told me about this because I didn't know he was doing it. I just remember Daily Cut family. I do remember feeling something cold on my neck, like burning cold. And Kenya told me I didn't calm down right away, but eventually I did. And I'm not sure why that worked. But after a while, it just snapped me back to reality because I just kept thinking about what is that cold on my neck? And y'all, look, brain trauma is not a joke. And behind the scenes, um... I have been going through some things. I just I just haven't talked about it. I, I, I feel vulnerable right now. Like I, I feel like somebody stripped me naked, but God told me to talk about it because the enemy's been trying to jam me up behind the scenes. Uh, but instead, God has been jamming him up by sending reinforcements to me. So in my case, Kenya was there to see that I wasn't doing well mentally and he sprang into action. I I also have suffered from panic disorder and have panic attacks that make me feel like I'm dying and like I'm having a heart attack, but I haven't had them as often. And God has been helping me and guiding me. And so I'm thankful for that. So he he told me, hey, Deanna, you got to you got to open up, sis, you got to open up. And um, I said, OK, God, but but, but it is so hard. Right. Um. But he told me others need to know that although they are deficient in many ways, I'm sufficient in all ways. So just this morning, in fact, y'all, God said, go to 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 and, and read it. I read it in the New Living Translation. And it says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. And God literally said to me, and I wrote this down, I don't get any glory from you boasting about your strengths. People cannot see my power if they cannot see your weakness. I was like, whoa, people cannot see my power if they cannot see your weakness. We don't like to show our vulnerability, but we see Israel's weakness in Exodus 14. Scripture shares how scared Israel got. They panicked. They thought they were going to die. And this is so important because I think we live in this society where it seems like almost everybody is trying to look like they got it together, like looking rich, like I got all the answers. Um, And if they do reveal a struggle, it's it's in the past context of something they used to struggle with, but they aren't going through it anymore. So they come from a position of, of overcoming. And it is true that God uses us to minister from a position of strength. 
There are things that I've overcome that you've overcome that used to bother us that don't anymore that we used to stumble over and we don't anymore. And that's good. But sometimes God wants us to minister in the middle of the battle. He wants us to be able to say, yeah, I'm going through it and I'm weak, but God is strong. So he's like, Deanna, you first. You got to say, yes, I have brain trauma. And yes, I'm in therapy. And yes, I take Prozac. And yes, I'm weak, but he's strong. And yes, by all accounts, I should have been dead and gone or at the very least totally defeated. But God intervened. And even though I can't say library, (laughs) not yet, I can still say Jesus, right? So in scripture, we get to see Israel actively in the battle. In Exodus 14 and 11 through 12, when Israel felt trapped, they were telling Moses, was it because there weren't enough graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? And, And didn't we tell you in Egypt to leave us alone? Let us just stay here and serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. Israel didn't even want to be rescued. Isn't that interesting? And Moses didn't even want to go and rescue them. Like we see him arguing with God over his assignment in Exodus 3. God had to convince Moses. So the rescuer didn't want to rescue nobody. And the ones in need of rescue didn't want to be rescued by nobody. So nobody wanted to be in this situation. Yet there they were. And when Israel was being chased by the Egyptians, they had no choice but to move forward, whether they wanted to or not. They had no good options, you know, with the Red Sea in front of them and Pharaoh's army behind them. They had a choice to make and a question to pose to themselves. It's a question that four men with leprosy asked themselves. I was reading it this morning in Second Kings 7 and 3. They said, why should we sit here waiting to die? That was the question. And listen, yesterday I was I was talking to my daughters, Kyla and Kaya, about revealing my struggles on the podcast. I told them that hearing myself talk about myself makes it all the more real, like I'm really struggling. I really have been diagnosed with with brain trauma and PTSD and, and anxiety. And this is really my life. And then I told them, I said, look, in life, you're going to go through things that are that are hard. They're going to throw you for a loop and you'll be thinking, I didn't sign up for this. But I told them to remember two words, two words. Don't wallow. Yep. Don't wallow. That doesn't mean you won't grieve or, or maybe even get stuck there for a little while. But that can't be your permanent state. You, you've got to at some point accept that this is where you are. That This is happening. That doesn't thing mean I mean, here, let me get my mouth together. <laughs> <laughs> my my brain is going faster than my mouth. That doesn't mean things will always be like that, right? But you got to accept that if nothing ever changed, I refuse to wallow. God is able to deliver me, but even if he doesn't, he's able. I'm, I'm not going to wallow. If my brain didn't heal anymore, Daily Cut family, than like what it already has, I refuse to wallow. If I can never say library, well, then that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that library. <laughs> you're going to take that pine cone or whatever else I'm saying. That's what it is. Like, But why should we sit here waiting to die, feeling sorry for ourselves, giving up on our dreams? I mean, as for me, even if I have to do it imperfectly, I'm going to do the will of God. That's what I'm going to do. I will share the gospel. If I make a mistake and, and drop an F-bomb, <laughs> somebody said to me in the comments on YouTube, <laughs> 
They said, if you drop an F-bomb, I understand and I'll pray for you. Now, I know I will laugh with you, of course. (laughs) I said, ain't that hilarious? She said, if you cuss, sis, I'm going to pray, but I'm also going to crack up. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Oh, that tickled me. I love my Daily Cup family because y'all going to keep it a buck. I love you. But I can't just sulk. That's my point. Quit living and just surrender to my depression and let anxiety control my life and let brain trauma have the the last say. And you can't either. I know. A loved one might have died. I lost my brother to COVID um, in November. And I know a lot of you have lost loved ones. You might have lost a job, got sick, lost the marriage, got betrayed. You you might feel uncertain about life, been financially ruined, or or you don't know what's next for you, or you're just struggling with your own mental health issues. It it sucks. I know. Well, can I say suck? Is that inappropriate? Uh, I don't know. But you have to focus on the fact that even though the situation might suck, <laughs> me. Should I say suck? Also me. Says it again. Anyway, even if you didn't ask for it, you're here now. And I don't want to be here either. But as long as God is here, well, I, I'm okay. And uh, in Genesis 28 and 10 through 22, when Jacob was in transition and he was in search of this new life, he was sleeping outside on top of a rock under the night sky. And it was an uncertain time in Jacob's life, just like it is in mine, and it might be in yours too. But God let Jacob know something in his sleep. And he told Jacob that he was being guided by the Lord. And you know, sometimes God guides us to hard places. And when Jacob woke up, he said something that really stayed with me in Genesis 28 and 16. And I'm going to stir that in your cup of inspiration. He said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. You know, as you drink down the contents of your cup, I want you to know that God is in the hard place. Where is my voice trying to go on this morning? The devil's a lie. Hold on, let me drink some water. God is in your hard place. He is intervening and jamming up the enemy behind the scenes, even though you might not see it or feel it. And so after Jacob realized that the presence of God was with him while he was stuck, Between a rock and a hard place, scripture says, Jacob poured oil over the rock that he had been using for a pillow. He turned his hard place into an altar and named that rock Bethel, which in Hebrew means house of God. Isn't that rich? Your hard place, my hard place is the house of God. It's the place where God dwells. The place where you've cried is the house of God. The dark places in your life That's the house of God. The low valleys, that's the house of God. He resides in the rough, dry, seemingly unproductive areas of your existence. And God sent me, I believe he did, to tell you in an unartful or inartful. He he told me to tell you in a way that might not be eloquent there, that he's still intervening. He is. Sometimes that intervention looks like my husband remembering a grounding technique and putting a cold bottle of water on my neck when I'm in a spiral. And some other time it might look more miraculous, but all the time God is working. He's intervening. I know you didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for post-traumatic stress disorder. I didn't ask for for brain trauma. I didn't ask to be in the ICU near death in 2019. 
from an allergic reaction to an antibiotic. I didn't ask to have seizure after seizure, more than two dozen, close to 30 of them. I didn't ask for the horrible residual effects of brain trauma. I didn't ask not to be able to stop saying cusses, even when I want to. Nobody expects that. Nobody expects it. Nobody expects the out of the blue stuff that comes and chin checks you in life and knocks you out. Nobody expects it. But what I and believers like me and you do expect is for God to intervene. And guess what? He will every single time. Now let's pray. God, I pray for this, my sister, this, my brother. Thank you for sending this word to remind them that you are always working. According to John 5 and 17, you are always intervening. You are always lifting us up, that you care about us, even in our lowliest state. I pray that you will give this person strength that is listening. Help them to know going forward that not only are you with them, but you have a good plan for their life. And we look forward to great things ahead. In Jesus' name, we bless you. Amen. Your daily cup of inspiration has been brought to you by Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, where we fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to yourdailycupofinspiration.com.